0: president biden gave his first oval office address on friday the may jobs report came out on friday as well and the numbers are looking good information on these stories and much much more coming up on today's episode of bbp news Welcome back everybody to another episode today is Monday June 5th of course 2023 and we are back for another Monday morning news show and I'm happy to be back here with you guys it's going to be a good one we have lots to talk about today including an end to the debt ceiling crisis we talked about most of it on Friday but we'll just touch up on a few things that have happened since And we'll get into a lot of other things as well. The jobs report came out. There are some new rules with the Republican National Committee. We'll get into all of that here today. But before we get into any kind of other news, let's get into the weather. And see what we've got here. So in Los Angeles, California today, expect some thunderstorms with a high of 67 degrees. In Houston, the thunderstorms continue with a high of 86 degrees. In Chicago, Illinois, it'll be mostly clear today with a high of 80. And in New York City, expect some partly cloudy skies with a high of 75. So relatively similar Uh, Weather forecasts that we've been seeing for a while now. Warmer in Chicago than both New York City and Los Angeles. I'm not used to seeing that. I won't lie. I'm not used to seeing uh, Chicago take the cake in that factor. Of course, they don't beat out Houston, but oh well. Looks like a beautiful day in Chicago today. But other than that, really, not a whole lot to talk about. Had a very uh, calm weekend, a very nice weekend. Got to spend time with my nephew, which is always a great time. Uh would never pass that up, so that was, that was great. But beyond that, not a whole lot to get into besides the news for today. And we have plenty of it, so we're not going to mess around. Let's jump right into it. No one got everything they wanted, but the American people got what they needed. We averted an economic crisis, an economic collapse. And that was President Biden on Friday evening celebrating the overwhelmingly bipartisan debt ceiling and budget bill that was passed in the House on Wednesday and through the Senate on Thursday. President Biden addressed the nation from the Oval Office for the first time since he took office and spent some time talking about what was in the bill, but paid special attention to touting the spending cuts, saying it's important to reduce the debt. But even more, he praised the bipartisan work that was done to get this bill across the finish line, as well as the 350 other bipartisan bills he has signed since he took office. His first shout out didn't go to his fellow Democrats. It actually went to the House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, a Republican. But Biden says he's not done just yet. He says even though about $20 billion was removed from the IRS in this bill, he's going to, quote, come back and make sure that the IRS has what it needs to go after what he calls wealthy tax cheats who aren't paying their fair share. He ended by suggesting, quote, maybe we should keep this bipartisan thing up, end quote, The president signed the debt ceiling and budget legislation Saturday, avoiding the default scheduled for today, Monday. There is a lot happening when it comes to your federal student loans that you need to know about. There's news on the forgiveness program and on your loan repayments. First and foremost, Friday, the Democrat-led Senate passed a bill that had already passed the House to block the president's student loan forgiveness program. Yes, you heard that correctly. There is now a bill on its way to the president's desk to put a stop to the president's program to forgive $10,000 or $20,000 worth of federal student loan debt for qualified borrowers. How could that happen? Well, two Democratic senators and an independent senator joined all of the Senate Republicans to support this bill. The final vote was 52 to 46, and because of the type of bill that this was, it only required the 50-vote threshold instead of the normal 60 to overcome a filibuster. Democrats John Tester of Montana and Joe Manchin of West Virginia, along with independent Kyrsten Sinema of Arizona, all voted for this bill. Now, the president has already said that he would veto this legislation, so it's not going to become law. It most definitely doesn't have the votes to overturn the veto should they try to back in Congress, but it would definitely sting that the three in his own caucus would vote against him. At this point, the actual fate of the student loan forgiveness program is in the hands of the Supreme Court, as we've talked about plenty before. We are still waiting on the justices to rule on whether this is constitutional or not. That Supreme Court decision could come at any point this month. But that's not all. You may have missed it, but there is a low-key provision in the debt ceiling bill that was just passed this weekend that has to do with your federal student loan repayment. The provision takes away the president's ability to extend the student loan forbearance program any further. This was a key demand of the Republicans who negotiated the deal, and the bill says that all federal student loan borrowers must start repaying their federal student loans 60 days after June 30th, or in other words, the end of August. Now, the reality is the Education Department has already been preparing for this restart. In fact, we told you about that a few weeks ago. But what's important to note now is that the bill says that the president cannot decide that he wants to extend it any further. It's off the table. So right now, if you have a federal student loan, it would be in your best interest to figure out who your loan servicer is because that may have changed in the past couple of years and also what your balance is on that debt. The Bureau of Labor Statistics released a blockbuster jobs report that proved despite the high inflation and the high interest rates, the jobs market remains ridiculously strong. Employers added 339,000 jobs in the month of May, shattering expectations. The industries that saw the biggest growth in May Professional and business services, 64,000 jobs. Government at 56,000. Healthcare at 52,000. And leisure and hospitality at 46,000. But there could be problems ahead as unemployment also increased in the month of May. In April, it was at 3.4%, and in May, it snuck up to about 3.7%. Now, this is just one month, so it's important not to take too much stock in this number, but it could be signs of what is to come, as the Fed has said before that they expect unemployment to increase above 4% by the end of 2023. Stocks spiked Friday after a super strong jobs report that we just reported about above that suggests that a recession isn't as close as many think, and that's also after last week's debt ceiling bill passage which averts a catastrophic debt default. The S&P 500 leaped 1.5% for the latest surge in a rally that's vaulted at nearly 20% since mid-October. That put Wall Street's main measure of health at the edge of entering what's known as a bull market, despite a long list of challenges. The Dow Jones Industrial Average rallied 701 points, or 2.1%, and the NASDAQ Composite gained 1.1%. That strong jobs report is the latest signal that the jobs market remains remarkably solid despite much higher interest rates, and it offers a hefty pillar of support for an economy that is starting to slow. Areas of the market that do best when the economy is healthy led a widespread rally, including stocks of industrial companies, energy producers, and banks. Former Vice President Mike Pence will not be charged with any crimes after those classified documents were found in his home in Indiana. The Department of Justice has closed the case after months of investigation. You'll remember we reported earlier this year that a small number of classified materials had been found in Pence's home. That was in January. His team immediately turned them over to the DOJ. A search was conducted of the home and Pence publicly apologized saying mistake Were made. This is very different behavior from Pence's former boss, former President Trump, who has continued to claim to this day that he did nothing wrong when hundreds of highly classified documents were found at his Mar a Lago resort. The Trump documents case is still being investigated by the special counsel Jack Smith, as we talked about in Friday's show, and there was new reporting on Saturday from the Trump investigation that there are still classified documents missing, with Trump's lawyers going as far as to say they can't find them at all. Uh, It is worth noting that President Biden's classified documents case being led by special counsel Robert Herr is still ongoing. There was no special counsel appointed to investigate Pence's case, and Pence is expected to enter the 2024 presidential race this week. The Republican National Committee will require presidential candidates to attract 40,000 individual campaign donors and the support of at least 1% of voters in multiple national polls to qualify for the first debate with Fox News in Milwaukee in August. The filter, which also requires candidates to pledge support for the party's eventual nominee, is stricter than similar rules Democrats adopted to set their own first debate stage in 2019, when the 20 candidates met over two nights. Democrats allowed candidates to qualify either by meeting a 65,000 donor threshold or by getting 1% in at least three early state or national polls. Republicans, in contrast, will require a donor and a polling standard. The polling standard requires a candidate to be at 1% nationally in several polls that are deemed credible by the RNC quote, debates are not a vanity project, but a critical opportunity to find the next president of the United States. If you can't find 40,000 unique donors to give you a dollar and at least 1% of the primary electorate to support you, how can you expect to defeat Joe Biden? End quote. That was said by uh, RNC chairwoman Ronna McDaniel in a statement. President Biden fell at the Air Force graduation last week. On Friday morning, the president took a hard fall at the Air Force Academy graduation in Colorado. He had completed a 30-minute-plus speech, then stood for hours congratulating the Air Force graduates. And as he was walking away, the White House says he tripped on a black sandbag that was on the stage you can see that he got up with the help of some secret service agents and an air force officer he then walked with no problem to his seat and greeted those in the crowd afterwards the white house says he was fine and when he returned to the white house later friday he poked fun at himself and the fall and he seemed himself and was not showing any indication of injury Now, getting into rapid news, a body was found in the wreckage of the partially collapsed apartment building in Davenport, Iowa. The body belonged to one of the three men, still unaccounted for, the other two still missing. Two trains collided in eastern India on Friday, killing more than 300 people and injuring hundreds more. The crash was reportedly due to an electronic signaling system wrongly telling one of the trains to switch tracks. Now getting into good news for this morning. And, you know, it's it's a really cool story that I have for today. It's different, but it's really, really cool. So, a 68-year-old man, Sam Kaplan, found himself driving along one day, just having a very normal day, when he noticed that the nearby university was holding script writing classes. And he said suddenly he found his steering wheel in his car on automatic steering, and all of a sudden, he was signing up for the fall semester. Yes, this 68-year-old man entered college for the first time in his life. He had been in the workforce for 50 years before this point, working for all kinds of different industries, including telemarketing, taxi driving, and more. But He just wanted to get some classes under his belt. He wanted the experience. He wanted to graduate with a degree. And he became the first out of his seven siblings to get a bachelor's degree, graduating at the age of 72. And he said it definitely was a learning curve as he had to uh, reteach himself how to study. He had to get over his nerves of being with people so much younger than him. But he said he did it by just talking to everyone, the other students, what their dreams were, what they wanted to do with their degrees and with their lives after they graduated college. And he said that was a massive, massive way to just help him calm down and get through the whole thing. And it's just amazing, you know, what you can do when you set your mind to it. 50 years in the workforce and still wanted to go back to college, still wanted to get a degree of his own, and he did it. He did it and there was a massive celebration for him when he got his diploma uh, on graduation day, basically his entire class. So many of the students that he took classes with stood up and cheered for him. The staff were cheering for him. It was just an incredible moment for him. And his 99 year old mother was there on graduation day cheering him on as well. So just an incredible story from someone that had so much determination to get his degree no matter his age. So, great story to end out the show, and this is the end of the Monday News episode. We will be back here tomorrow morning for an episode of Eye on the Ball. We will have a clubhouse room for this show today at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so don't miss out on that. We will stream the episode, yes, again, but we will also be talking about other news that didn't make it into the show and things that come out throughout the day. So don't miss out on that. Again, Eye on the Ball tomorrow, Idiots in the News Wednesday, and another new show Friday. Don't miss out on any of these shows as well as the clubhouse rooms in the afternoons. It's going to be a good week, you guys. But until tomorrow morning, have a great start to your week. Bye, guys.